<laughs> the French. I just... <laughs> what? <laughs> that popped up in my Facebook uh, memories just now. The clip of Orson Welles, drunk mm. as fuck, trying to sell Paul Masson. So bad. California champagne. I know it's fermented in the bottle. And vintage dated. <clears throat> and vintage dated. What does that even mean? Like, vint- like, does that mean they just like arbitrarily make up a date and then just put it on the bottle and they're like, that's when I was, that's it. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that Bottles seems from like 1920. Really, they're like, it's vintage dated. So like it was dated prior, like maybe when the grapes were harvested right. and not necessarily like when it was bottled. It's like they're taking some creative liberties with, yeah. with this bottle. I'm like... So, does all French champagne just lie to us? Welcome back to Otaku. Like you knew before I ever said anything. That I had a feeling. <laughs> You're like, she is she's way her, too fucking. She's on her bullshit right yeah, now. She's far too much on her bullshit. That's okay. I mean, we watched. Uh, hey, what are we talking about tonight? A nice seasonally appropriate Christmas movie. We did. Well, it was an OAV. It was a three-parter OAV. I don't understand how in Condensed. context now that we've watched it, how that there was only one part of the entire thing that I was like, oh, yeah, this would make sense for it to be episodic. But unless they like recut it or something. They did. They okay. recut it, um, especially for English audiences. <laughs> well, we watched when it they like, Japanese. Right. But. but when they when they dubbed it, it was definitely presented as a 90 minute mm. thing. I remember that. <clears throat> like, Excuse me. <laughs> I vaguely remember that because. Again, I'm pretty sure now, especially after having rewatched it, I only ever watched it one time, and that was as a special midnight airing on Adult Swim that they did way back in the day. Like, because you, you but said, was it subbed or dubbed? Do you remember? I think that they did the Japanese version. Like, okay, that was a big thing. For so them. I must, I must have seen the Adult Swim version at some point as well because I do remember the Japanese voices like shocking me a lot, like the Sailor Moon. Yeah. Um, did because I I was first introduced to Gundam Wing on Toonami and that was all uh, dubbed for sure mm-hmm. and yeah it was weird because you know these are supposed to be like 15 16 year old Gundam pilots and they all sounded like old men but they're Not all like old men but like I mean they are war criminals <laughs> <laughs> they're literally all five of them are war criminals like for and real. committed atrocities mass murders like unspeakable atrocities yeah which is a fun thematic yeah the, it's a really film. fun moral ambiguous ambiguous the ambiguously gay duo gyro and johnny <laughs> Isn't, we're not talking about fucking god when it's not jojo right now get your mind out of the joe gutter i can't Ugh. so okay so we watched endless waltz yeah because we had started watching Bubblegum Crisis, the 2032, like the original eight-part OAV, and it was honestly so unwatchable in the format that we were doing it that it it was difficult. And I thought it was going to hold a lot more nostalgia, for me at least. 
I'd never seen it. I'd never seen it either. But you've listened to. But I listened to the soundtrack, <clears throat> and this so whole thing that we've been discussing the last couple of days. Yeah, it was wild. It was a wild trip down memory lane, like downloading most of my fucking Japanese music off Kazaa. Yeah, I um, I, it's funny because we didn't realize this for a couple episodes of Bubblegum Crisis, but the version that we were watching, which regrettably was the English version. Um, as far as I can tell, the issues that we were having, which was from panning shots, which was giving us vertigo. Stuttering. It was so bad. And I have motion sickness. Yeah. So it was literally like making me want to puke. Like, I'm pretty sure that they did that inadvertently when they had issues with the frame pacing when they were messing with the actual like frames per second when they turned it into English. We're talking. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that what they did, because again, this is like a late 80s right this was like 87 yeah, 88. Or 88 um i'm pretty sure what they did was they tried their best to for the mouth flaps because they were super inexperienced at this point with regards to dubbing from japanese yeah. to english they were like well i bet we could just slow it down I'm, slightly i'm honestly so fucking surprised that something like bubblegum crisis 2032 was even fucking dubbed to begin with yeah but it's weird because people are really into it like in in like little like like chunks of people online like it's like if people are into it they're really into it and i'm like yeah. oh yeah bubblegum crisis this is gonna be really good because I've, I've heard so much about it so even even so with, we got halfway through it and yeah. decided we were like no we have to get a podcast up this week we're not going to be able to finish this i don't think we're ever going to finish it and it's if just we not, do, it's not really i don't i'm not be, really into it it'll be months yeah. down the road um yeah. So I was like, you know what? I remember Endless Waltz being like quasi Christmas themed. It's the week of Christmas. <laughs> Let's just fucking talk about that shit. I think that's funny as fuck, by the way, because like I don't remember it being Christmas themed at all. But like that is it is pervasive. But you also didn't download the soundtrack. No, I know. And I did. Yeah. But like it's just funny because it instantly hits you with like this. It's the music is like, yeah. oh, this is Christmas music. But like sad. But we're like about to watch some shit go down in Gundam. Yeah. Like it's messed up. I it's mean, really if, if sad. If you're at all familiar with the Gundam um, world, like the Gundam universe, it is violent and dark and horrible and like everyone's kind of evil. But like, yeah, it's just this yeah, wild the, the moral ambiguity and the gray scale of morality in, in especially Gundam Wing, like are the Gundam pilots the good guys or are they bad guys? Yeah, they're all eco-terrorists. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they've killed thousands and it's millions amazing. of people. Like, um, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. Just, so this, I, you asked me last night when we were watching it, like how, how many times had I seen this? Because I know the two mixed songs by heart still to this day, 20 years after the fact. And I I had to really think about it and remember that I had actually recorded it off Toonami and onto like a VHS tape mm -hmm. that I then probably, again, I have very vague, if any, memories of actually like sitting there watching it in my room on my little like nine inch television with the built-in vhs player like next to my computer probably as i was on aim talking to bunny and jamie and whoever the fuck else mm -hmm. Gundam, huh? but yeah this was a wild this was a wild trip into nostalgia land for me because it's probably been at least 16 years since i've watched this Mm, yeah i mean and, and we been... tried we did start watching gundam wing like the actual um 
series back when we were living in North Carolina. So like years, years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember you being just as tickled then with me knowing the intro and outro songs that you were just like, <laughs> which makes a lot more sense. You're now. a fucking weeb. It makes a lot more sense now that I'm realizing that you just had these as your actual like playlists, like just mix mix and match. Yeah, I did. I had them on my computer and I, and I watched this movie probably at least 10 times. Yeah. The English version, but still they had the, I, I honestly think I was so fucking hyped for it because I knew that two mix was going to have fucking songs in it. And I was like, so into them. I mean, I used to get really excited at that weird point where they stopped, like where the English dubs of anime stopped doing that stupid bullshit where they would completely redo all of the music in English. Yeah. Like those terrible adaptations. Yes. I was so... Sailor Moon, I'm looking directly at you. Yeah, Pokemon. Like, Dragon Ball had some pretty decent ones. I feel like they got away on a light. Like, they got away pretty light because the Dragon Ball music was very 80s Japan. So yeah. it might have been for the best that some of that got, got changed to the newer stuff. But yeah, like anytime there was anything in Japanese, I was obsessed with it. So yeah. I, Gundam Wing, I feel like was like on a on a platform of its own for American audiences because Tumix had lyrics in English. Mm, yeah, like the helps. whole song wasn't in English for sure, but they had that that one hook or that one phrase <laughs> or two phrases that were like in English. And so it was like really fucking catchy. And for whatever reason, the the dub companies didn't feel a need to like be like, oh, we need to completely redo this intro outro like they did with Sailor Moon, like in the Deke days. That was everything back then. Like yeah. they were like it was like they were afraid that if they were to leave it in Japanese, that it would instantly it would lose alienate. an audience. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, fucking stupid. Like how God, that's just the time. Well, like, I know, but sucks. if you look at our country now and the xenophobic <clears throat> bullshit that's been happening the past handful of years, like it's not like well a sign of the times. A different, like, still... a different sign of the times. Yeah, but for different reasons. But... So yeah, I hadn't seen this in fucking forever, and I, there were so many little things that I was, that came back to me as I as we were watching it, and I was like, oh yeah, this starts off with. Them literally trying to shoot their Gundams into the fucking sun. Like real casually too. Like they're right. like, well, we're done. They're like, yeah, they're we're like, done being eco-terrorists. Yeah, we're, well, let's just uh, wash our hands of that real quick. and We're done fighting for some fucking prerogative that we may not agree with. Wasn't their whole thing like they were a part of essentially a warring faction of like the colonies oppositionists like they were basically like as if they were an offshoot sect of like a violent offshoot sect sect of a like yeah like they were basically like the violent outcropping of a they were they were um they're all orphans oh i meant like who they're supporting i know and and they were obtained by like I don't know if you want to say like they're mad scientists or evil scientists or just scientists in general. But they're obtained by these scientific figures who were opposed to a lot of like the like a lot of this is set up to where it's like royalty, like the earth um, centric, like royalty kind of figureheads. And so they were supposed to be fighting 
like against them like there's this whole like sense of tyranny but you're not sure which side it takes place on etc cetera, etc cetera. so this is like it could very well be taking place in the same universe as carol and tuesday is what you're saying i mean <laughs> yes like except our... that there's no colonies on mars at this point there's only um the colonies that are like in orbit around earth yeah but they're working their way but earth that. is like the the bad guys. it's like the it's like the opposite of battle angel earth is like the end-all be-all like you want to be on earth in order to be anybody yeah versus being in the colony you're like a second-class citizen yeah that makes sense so battle angels like the opposite where they have like the floating city where you're like the the premier the elite people go and like yeah. if you're on earth you're a second-class citizen remind me were the child soldiers did they get haloed like did they get like like Aug- were they augmented humans or were they just like they really were no good? flesh and blood but did they didn't have any like augmentations to make them better at killing or other than just they training had, they had training okay i couldn't remember because like i thought i originally remember them having like advanced, not in like, not in gundam wing to my knowledge like having advanced reflexes or anything like that not to my knowledge in this specific series okay maybe in another mobile suit gundam series it's hard to place i'm pretty sure mobile wing is one of the earlier series in the timeline yeah i think i'm remembering that correctly that it's like because the older ones or some of the other ones that are adjacent because there's like a million gundam series for anyone who doesn't know um i'm pretty sure some of those take place significantly later which i'm still not exactly sure what the year is supposed to be like how many hundreds of years in the right because gundam wing literally like the only dates they give us are like after colony 196 after colony 197 yeah so I'm like, what the fuck does that mean i think it means like i don't think the colony is like the number of colonies that there are in orbit i think it's literally just like after the first colony was established off the surface of the earth that's how many years later yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it means yeah but so still it's gotta it's gotta be like a couple hundred years in the future obviously well yeah like because <laughs> even if even if the the writer had like surmised that uh like after like the first colony to be established in space would be around 2020 yeah they were pretty optimistic back then then huh? it was like 200 years after that fact so right. which makes sense which that's one of the things i i was really happy about with this movie and it was kind of like a a thematic throughout the whole thing was the adherence to what i would classically consider hard sci-fi um like in cinematography like it's yeah there's no there's no flaunting of artificial gravity like everyone has fairly realistic looking spacesuits like yeah well the one thing was like the the sounds of explosions and things in space i mean explosions in space do make sound it's just there's nothing to capture the sound in space but if you're in something in space you would hear it through the walls (laughs) just saying that's like a thing Okay, but like, okay. Sorry, that it's... was really obnoxious. But I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is uh-huh. that most of the explosions are taken from a, like an out in space perspective. Right, but like I'm saying, if you were in a Gundam that was also in space and an explosion happened near you, you would hear it as it went through and vibrated in your Gundam. Who was my Gundam wing ship for myself? What do you mean by that? I'm like, asking if I've sh- if I've ever shipping yourself with. If I've ever told you who my big gay 
Gundam Wing Crush was. Oh, yeah. The, um, what's her name? I forget. No. Not that one? Different one. The big gay was misleading. Oh, yeah. I was like, because we talked about that last night. Um, I don't know of any hetero attraction that you might have with Gundam Wing. I don't think we've talked yes. about that. Uh, Zex. No. Surprisingly, no. Yeah. Hero? I told you last night I didn't like <clears throat> Zex at all in the... Well, that last night you changed your... Th- you were like, oh. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it Hero? No. Duo? Yes. Okay. Were you just going to go like one, two, three, four, five? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I did it. Yeah. I staked my claim on Duo Maxwell and Kara staked her claim on Hito and <laughs> Melissa staked her claim on Troa. Nice. I don't think Moles was ever actually like attracted to Troa in the way that people are attracted to shooty characters. She just wanted to be a part of. Well, uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> we're involved. the fucking like best amazing trio that ever existed. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So Duo's whole get up in the in the series Gundam Wing is like his whole like weird priest looking mm-hmm. thing. And then in this, it's the it's the red undershirt with the leather fucking motorcycle jacket over it, and <laughs> forgot about that. That do a certain something to that you. Did it for me. <laughs> Twenty years later, it fucking did it for me, dude. Oh boy, your like, eyes, like eyes are bugging out. Like I don't fucking, fucking know what it is con- about con- bishy con- boys con- with long hair and fucking leather, but just. God. Some like 1960s cartoon. What is fucking wrong with me? (laughs) You just like them 2D boys. Uh, Um, Yeah. Um, I really, I did like the fact that we were able to enjoy this in Japanese because I remember like watching this. I remember Marimaya's English voice just being fucking hellish to listen to. Yeah, that was an unfortunate side effect of the overacting of the time, Mm. I believe. Especially Mm. with... Well, I mean, they didn't know... So she's a small person. Yeah. She's a child. Yes. And she's obviously being voiced by an adult. Right. Trying to sound like a child. Right. Trying to sound like an adult. (laughs) Right. She's a fucking edgelord. So it didn't... But she's a very respectful edgelord. No, she isn't. Yes, she was. No, she isn't. How she was talking to everybody... Oh, fine. Oh, so she wasn't a fucking delinquent. Well, she was using all like she was using the honorifics to an ex- extreme, which probably came Again, off as it actually also. Like, yeah, it's also because like of the, the pseudo royalty bullshit going on. Right. It was probably supposed to be intentionally belittling, like all like almost like eye rolling, like, OK, yeah. you know, Sama, whatever. Like, OK. Yeah. I think also like what I really enjoyed about this was like the little like snippets into the backgrounds of the guys and like kind of seeing not really where they came from, but kind of where they came from. Yeah. And they all were having at one point they were like, fuck this whole mission. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be your fucking like child soldier bullshit. And they were so ready to like end everything. But then their weird like doctor figures, scientist guys would step in and be like, why don't you just abandon this operation and just steal the Gundam? Like just take it. I feel like as an aside, can we just talk about how powerfully Gen Z energy these kids are? Because they're like, yo, let's just, I'm a, I'm a blow. I'm a, you, you cool, yeah. with, you cool with us just killing ourselves right now? Like, you good? Like, we're all Mara. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like at the drop of a pin. They're like, yeah. all right, so we're good now, right? Let's just and blow Duo this shit up. especially was like, oh no, don't worry. I was going to take everybody out, not just me, 
myself and the Gundam. Like, right. Death Scythe and I, we got an understanding, but, like, I was going to take all you bitches out with us. But they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Thanks, man. That's nice of but you. But then Hito was like, I'm going to kill literally everyone. God, I hope I die in this process. And then he doesn't. He's like, why? <laughs> why can't I die? No, literally. Yeah. Like, that was his whole shtick is, like, I'm here to fucking kill myself, fam. And then, like, something would happen where he wouldn't be able to complete that. Yeah. He'd just be like, excuse me it's like um sarah's shirt from right god won't let, god me, die. Won't let me die that was keto ue vibes to the fucking <laughs> yeah. like extreme it's got, it's got quotes it's like an abbreviated quote right fucking fucking lutely i made a bad 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 <clears throat> joke in my notes about I did a the bad thing about the flashbacks being flashback yeah because that was a song that the voice actor for woofay mm-hmm. um well it was a lyric in a song that he did that we didn't listen to last night we listened to a lot of stuff last night yeah because it's brought up so much shit we went, we went um, down a a brain worm hole last night of things yeah yeah and, but going back to hero's whole like fucking uh mass murder suicide fucking mission it never occurred to me like as a teenager when i was you know like 20 years ago watching this that like he was a legit fucking mass murderer and he killed thousands of people granted um the flashback in this particular instance was a huge accident he didn't mean to decimate an entire city it just fucking happened but like again as a teenager i was like watching that like the scale of that didn't really and that was like one instant. That was like one that incident. That was literally one instance. <clears throat> like that was an accident. Where he went to go blow up like a warehouse filled with mobile suits. Yeah. And then somehow the whole city. The whole goes up. fucking city. Like probably killed actually millions of people. Like at least a couple million people. I, I said city. thousands just to hedge because I wasn't sure yeah. on the radius of the of the explosions and stuff. But like, dude. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, and that was him just like. <laughs> like not trying never mind all of the soldiers that he's killed never mind like he's blown up like space stations and blown like you know like when it's thousands of people like just yeah. dead in an instant just like yeah. the scale of mur- like killing in this show i mean he obviously weird. feels bad about it but like you know he was trained to do this kind of thing i think he was more mad about the fact that he didn't die but it's yeah well yeah but it's all of them too it's like let's just not say that it's just hero like that's basically true of all of the pilots it is. like they are all just like but i think their their nonsense was scaled back to like a lesser extent they have a slightly less ptsd than hito <clears throat> I, yeah he's in a weird way hero is definitely the uh he's definitely the the quote-unquote protagonist like at least he was of the main series like he was always the main focal point if just by like barely right because they made him like a love interest of the the main um younger woman character yeah. which he just doesn't give a shit about like, yeah that's, that, like, that's his whole thing he's just stoic well the whole and... thing with all of them is that like they're not programmed to like have human like they're cut off from human emotion they're very mechanical acting but they are humans but the point was like they got adopted by these fucking scientists at such a young age and started training at such a young age to become mindless killers that things like love and relationships and all that kind of stuff like doesn't really like register 
um, correctly. Yeah, I mean, that's what would happen if you took and raised, quote unquote, uh, children in an indoctrinated system. Right. But at the same time, I feel like Wu Fei was married at one point. Was he? I want to say he was. And like he lost his wife. How old is Wu Fei? I don't fucking know. Not that much older than everyone else. Huh. Ooh, excuse me. Maybe I'm completely wrong and I'm I don't completely all, but... fictionalizing something. <clears throat> but um, speaking of Wu Fei, like, he, so he he's, of course, in this as well. Um, we don't see him getting rid of his Gundam at the very beginning. It becomes blatantly clear that he kept his Gundam. Um when confronted by duo and hito and you're just kind of like okay they're not on the same side so who's who's actually on the right side of things here is it wufei is he on like the the right side like the morally right side or are the other gundam pilots on the morally <clears throat> right side and why didn't wufei give up his fucking gundam if peace had been achieved a year ago i feel like I feel like this movie assumes that you know a lot from, obviously, which makes sense from the main series. Because it does. It does not, um, it, which I appreciate about it, it does not have an opinion on what is right and wrong. Like, it leaves that it just up presents completely it to you. Like, it's like, okay, well. Has the characters on one side or the other. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, this, this stuff happened and it's fucked up. And then these are the people that support this or the future of that. And then this is the other side. And this is the fucked up stuff they've done. And this is what they see and envision as the future. And here's who plays a part on that side. So go for it. Right. And I think the other thing that kind of blew my mind about this was um, that I had forgotten that Troa Barton is not actually Troa Barton. Yeah, they they did. He was actually, he went by Nanashi. Um, Yeah. In like in his early days as like being like a weird orphaned tag along, I think, because some other dude was actually being like trained to be um, the the pilot of that Gundam. Mm -hmm. I forget Troa's Gundam's name. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. Shiny, Um, shiny mech boy. But so. So this kid who goes by Nanashi, which is no name. Nana means six also, or seven rather. Roku is six, so right. Nana is seven. That's, I know, I just, I mentioned that because of the, the naming convention with everyone vaguely being like numbers. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Um, I had forgotten about that, but I definitely had not fucking forgotten about his weird scientist strap on red nose <laughs> that you were having such a hard time with last night. And I was like, I have no answers for you. I'm like, okay. Uh, what the fuck am I looking it, at? It's like legit. Like I think it's like a <clears throat> nose cover of some kind. It's not a prosthetic. Like did his nose like, fall off? And maybe. Like, and like this is like oh it'd be gross. Like because I mean like a like, la red scrawl or something. Like so duos duos weird scientist dude had this super long pointy like fucking um, minions like grew like fucking shaped nose. Mm-hmm. And then Troa's dude had like the red bulbous thing attached to his face mm-hmm. with. I mean, it had like the the strings visibly like drawn <laughs> yeah. over his face, so it wasn't like, oh, what is that? It's just like part of his face. No, it's strapped on. Yeah. And um, I someone else the the guy had like the weird like <clears throat> like 
Wario like, fucking mustache yeah. thing fucking going on. Yeah. Dr. Wiley mustache. That's the one. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you're right. They all have like they're fucking like these are the these are the mad scientists and these, yeah, let how me you know. display how they're fucking crazy because yeah. they have weird shit going on with their faces. And then I think the the next thing that I really freaked out about in this was um, when Catra is talking about like oh we'll get there in three days mm. or something, and they're literally they're physically traveling through space through the solar system towards Venus, so. My question is, like, what are days when you're, like, traveling through space? Like, how are you, how are you, are you equating that to, like, every 24-hour time period? Are you literally equating that to Earth days? Because well, Earth days and Venus days are not the same. Well, they, the only, I mean, Venus and, and Earth are almost the exact same size, so. But they don't rotate at the same speed. Right. But if you're in space, because obviously you can't be on the surface of Venus, I guess it wouldn't really matter for that purpose. Like if you just if you got into orbit around Venus and we were just going around Venus, like I'm assuming that it would be about the same rotational period. Also, moon days aren't the same as Earth days. Right. So my theory, which has I mean, I don't know anything about what the fuck Gundam has got going on with how they're doing it. But I know from NASA, they use a central time as oriented at like wherever the the launch is headquartered at. So. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But this is obviously not that. So Catra's just like flippantly right. talking to someone about like, oh yeah, we'll be there in however many days and we'll contact you then. And it's like... Well, it's got to be wherever, whoever they're talking to. They've got to be days. like synced up. Like, okay, yeah. what is your day? Like, am I going off colony days? Am I going off Earth days? Am I going off... Like, what fucking days? I mean, it is an interesting question. Plus, it's also actually at that point, if you're talking about traveling through the solar system at an appreciable speed, I guess how fast the craft is traveling at would also matter. It also really makes you think about future space travel because, like, if we try to get to Mars, but our orbits, obviously our orbits are not synced up. But if we're trying to get to Mars and it's, like, way the fuck farther away than it would be if it was like oh god closer i am okay you know what i'm saying Lo? no like if earth is here and mars is here like how much longer it would take to get and i'm just using my hands here folks <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm okay. showing greg if earth was here and mars is here versus mars being here yeah no, that, it they, would take so much fucking longer to try to get a fucking space shuttle because Mars, you figure you're both traveling the same direction, right? So you're both traveling this way. So if Earth is here and Mars is here and they're both traveling this way and Mars has a much wider orbit. Yeah. Wait. No, they. this is a thing that they definitely like. There's only a couple like there's launch windows for stuff. At but then this my point. brain just went to go-kart racing. And if you're in the far in America, if you're driving a go-kart and you're in the far right lane going around a left banking turn your turn is wider and the person on the inside of that turn is going to obviously make a tighter turn and make it in a faster so maybe if mars is way the fuck over here oh, i need to stop talking mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> i mean what you're saying is kind of like with i'm not ta- i'm talking about the go-kart thing like what you're talking about is if you look at the orbital paths of the planets like they typically swing much closer to the nearest approach to the sun and then they bow out as they go and travel away from the sun right so, the orbits are elliptical yeah they do get closer 
um, as they get closer to the sun. <laughs> but, so with Mars, yeah, like there are preferential launch windows when Mars and Earth are closer to each other than they would otherwise be. Like right. there's, there's times where if you were to launch with current propulsion technology, I feel like, it would I feel take like months Char- longer. <laughs> I feel like Charlie Day and Always Sunny with the fucking whiteboard behind me, yeah. but it's not needed because I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. I'm just talking about NASA launches. Right. So, which depending on who you talk to, <laughs> but could I feel also like all my gesticulating thing. has made yeah. that fucking whiteboard just like yeah. appear behind me. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, no, but that is true. But what I was saying with regards to like I'm hoping future space propulsion technologies, which is this like you know 250-ish years in the future, and I'm assuming that since they're using giant Gundams willy-nilly with no regard to power consumption. Like, you know, from what the technology presents itself, um, I'm assuming we have access to fusion drives for propulsion, which would get us to at least 20% of the speed of light, um, probably at that point. So if you're talking about dealing with how many days, quote unquote, you're talking about between you and your point of reference on a space station somewhere or on a colony, if you're going 20% of the speed of light, then you're going to start getting towards time dilation slightly. So then it's just a matter of like, all right, what do you mean by days and years and hours or what the right. hell is Right, it's like traveling towards a black hole. Like the time... Yeah, it stretches. ...horizon doesn't... Time is a social construct. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's... <laughs> deviate from this thought i could talk about this for hours (laughs) no like actually like we could though um but anyway so anyway um so your favorite fucking mobile suit of the evening i'm gonna wager was called tall geese yes i love the idea of a really angry tall goose made out of iron and steel and future tech that has like what has scythes made out of energy that was one of scythes right that was what is that the one that had like the energy scythes with the sickles, um, I thought that was Tall Geese's thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, but um, Death Scythe. Oh damn! Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, <laughs> had the actual sickle. Okay. Um, I think you're talking about like the 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 energy sabers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I'm think just, I just love the idea of a of a of real tall goose. Right. So in the original Gundam, I believe that was piloted by. Trace Kusharnata, who was like the kind of pseudo bad guy. Yes. Um, and then Zex Marquise took that over, or vice versa. I can't remember. But anyway, it's piloted by Zex Marquise in Endless Waltz, and hmm. it took exactly two lines of his to throw me to my phone. For your superpower to surface again. <laughs> And for me to be and confounded. And to frantically search why the fuck I knew that fucking voice. But I was also pretty zooted at the time. So as soon as I opened my IMDb app, I forgot what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. So and I then- got very distracted by the by the main voice actors. And I was like, what do you mean they're known for their songs too? So that like started that whole thing. Yeah. And then I, I, I actually closed out of the app. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to look up fucking Zex Marquise because I know that fucker's voice. I know that fucker's voice. And I, I'm 99% sure why I know that fucker's voice. Yeah, you like super. And I didn't, I didn't 
buddy i didn't even get down to gundam wing i saw he voiced boris and bna and i was like um yeah you pepe sylvia the shit out of yourself with that and it was <laughs> even worse because you instantaneously got really like mad at me like because i didn't i didn't get mad at you i didn't instantly realize who it was i didn't get mad at you because of that well, I was just you like you were like disappointed. You're like, how do you not hear who that is? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. And then you're like, then you <laughs> were like on your phone, and I'm like, oh man, she's like, like really judging me right now. But meanwhile, you were like, <laughs> like a million miles away. I was tweeting. Yeah, I wasn't judging you at all. I was tweeting my existential crisis that I was having. Yeah, which this that was like the tip of the iceberg with that because last night was just one thing after another with regards to you realizing the web of ever like the ever expanding web of connection right because guys. because re-watching this again it's been like 20 fucking years almost re-watching this i went oh yeah zex marquise's fucking japanese voice like he's fucking sexy like like he was not likable really in english that i'm aware of i had i told you last night i was like i i don't remember having any fucking visceral reaction to him like i couldn't care less about his character i just didn't give a fuck about zex sexy, i thought he sexy. was a, a pompous fucking dick shit and then i was like oh yeah but the japanese version of him is like way like smoother and like sexier sounding so like my brain was like oh yeah he's a sexy motherfucker and then i was like oh Mm-mm. uh-oh Stinky. i know why Poopy. i know uh-huh. i know this voice I know this voice. You're like, I know you. I don't fucking know how I know you. I know this but voice. I fucking know you. I was like, I know this voice, and I'm pretty sure I know exactly who the fuck it is. Mm. Sure enough, like, we all know. I clicked on the fucking voice actor's name to fucking like confirm it, and I didn't even get all the way down to fucking endless waltz. I got to BNA, and I was like, mm, fucking Dio Brando. Giorgio. Just ugh, Dio. fucking. Oh. The fact that. Dio eating Fruit Loops lives in my brain rent free as well most days. I feel like it's not even like rent free. Like I feel like it's it's like the you like can make I'm a sitcom. Paying, I'm paying it. Yeah, to and, live in my brain at this point. But it annoys the shit out of you. But you're like it ah, doesn't. I can't get. I, I just can't I, quit it's just, you. The only thing that annoys me about it is the fact that yeah, I can't quit you. I'm yeah. like a fucking gay cowboy, and I just can't. Yippee! Kaye, motherfucker. Not think about Dio eating Fruit Loops whenever. <laughs> Can't, can't stop the stop. situation entails yeah um can that we talk about that fucking banger of a two mix song though uh sure go for it were you were you prepared for it no because it was it was a pretty like they worked it in really nicely it was a very um i guess momentous occasion of them like kind of getting their gundams back like catra had like rescued the gundams and brought them back to the earth um orbit pretty yeah. much the you know, so it's like this big like bombastic setup where you're like when's the bass gonna drop i will say that the sound production in this was a total breath of fresh air especially in comparison to the utter <sighs> lack of glue in the sound production of bubblegum crisis yeah which is unfortunate because i'm pretty sure the soundtrack to bubblegum crisis drove it yes the the that's the that's the worst part of it the the soundtrack to bubblegum crisis was and i'm not exaggerating and again we're watching really good. we were watching the sub 
No, we were watching the dubbed version of Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah. So we have not seen the subbed version. But it used the same music with replaced English language vocals. vocals, which was actually, you know, they did a good job. They did a really good job. Um, but the rest of it was fucking garbage. And it sucked because it was jarring with how um, how much Gundam Wing just schooled every aspect of you know, of bubblegum crisis, like everything about it that could have been trounced. It did. Right. So, and it's funny because as another analog to another thing that we recently watched with that being blue sub six, um, we're talking about the extremely limited and I would say tasteful usage of CGI in endless waltz versus the, but still uh, unnecessary still weird i don't understand why they use that because they used it in literally only two scenes that i can remember and it was it was the same context like it was they used it for the gundam laden asteroid yeah it was a passing shot like a high-speed passing shot of the asteroid um that he was that was hurtling towards the sun and uh or at that point maybe away from it i don't know whatever it was still going towards the sun yeah so Completely unnecessary because this is maybe like 15 frames of animation you're talking about, like at most. And it's weird because other than the fact that if you blink it, you blink, you would miss. It's the same stuff that they had the rest of the entire movie done traditional animation for. So it's like, what happened with this that you chose to all of a sudden deviate from that? Yeah. Um, whereas with Blue Sub Six, it was like the whole fucking thing, and it yeah. was jarring and prolonged. And not yeah, it, most of the action sequences had some kind of jarring CGI to just pull you right out of it. Yeah, and they both came out the same year, which is the other confounding thing. So the the big two mix thing, I feel like, was the big like halfway marker for the ninety minutes. Was that halfway? I I feel like it. Based on my notes, I feel like it was it was fairly halfway because the next like really big scene is another scene of like women getting shit done. And what I really appreciate about Endless Waltz is it opens up the first the first character you see on screen is a woman from the from the Gundam Wing series, Sally, and she's right. like piloting like a <clears throat> spaceship. And then in the second half of this, the first person you see is also Sally, like fucking pulling off a rescue ops, like hardcore. But in the interim, you have her working with Noin and with Un. And it's just very obvious that whoever like wrote this slash animated it slash did everything for it, like had the mantra like women get shit done. Um, yeah. Minus Rolina. Yeah. She's a useless sack of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, this shit gets really fucking dark really quickly also because Hiro like almost immediately just yeets himself to the bottom of the ocean in his Gundam. <sighs> this boy just wants in, to die. In Zero. He just he, wants to die. Yeah, he just yeets himself <clears throat> to the fucking bottom of the ocean inside his Gundam, probably in the hopes that he will die um, alongside of it. That That woman that you mentioned earlier going to like rally all the men to like get them to like Mm -hmm. stand up for themselves or whatever like 
I don't remember who she is. Like, I don't remember her name, but she was definitely in the series, I think, very briefly towards the end. Yeah. Her forked eyebrows are the Kushranada-iest brows that ever Kushranada'd. Yeah, I was like, okay, I've seen these eyebrows before. Yeah. From the fucking original show. Yeah. I don't remember what her fucking <clears throat> name was, though, and I, I couldn't tell if they, like, said it on the... In the OVA. Um, I'm guessing by your blank looks, like, no. I don't fucking know. Like, because like, she comes up, she's like, what are you all just standing around for, you fucking useless pieces of shit? Well, she's like, you're not real men unless you're piloting them goddamn yeah. mech suits and get out of here. She's like, get in my fucking ice vans. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> they'll, like they'll roll up. She got vehicles up. for you. They'll roll up. Like, like get armored in, vehicles. Get yeah. in losers. Get in losers. We're going to go do some murders. We're going to do a coup. Um, and then my next note after that was, y'all, I'm too mad about Dio to finish watching this. But I did because um, after that, I, I wrote down that Relina did not deserve to land that slap. But oh, well, because Noin was going for it. Remember? Yeah. Like she was going to go slap the, the little shit of Marty Maya. Yeah. And then Relina like jumps in and does it instead. And I was like, you. Yeah, that was shitty because that was a hell of a while. That was like a wind up. Like she would have fucking spun the, the head off that piece of shit. Yeah. Like, would have snapped it off that neck. Yeah. That spindly little neck. Um, and then the fact that, um, what's his face? Barton like shoots his own fucking grandchild. <laughs> yeah. Like you're no longer my puppet. Bye. He's like, he's like, oh, all right. Well, we'll get another one. But then <sighs> right. he gets, he but gets, then he gets fucking shot. Yeah. And then um, she ends up living, which was interesting because they set it up until literally the end credits to seem as though she dies. Yes. I was like, well, she dead. That's whatever. Well, because Lady, I think Lady Un was like, um, who was like Trace's right-hand woman in the series. Um, so she was on the, quote, wrong side of history before she decided to be on the right side of history. I guess. If, if you look at it that way. Right. And That's like your opinion, man. Yeah, exactly. And so the fact that she like uh, steps in to like get a doctor for Mari Maya, like just really kind of speaks volumes about her loyalty still to the Kushinadas. Um, Maybe not necessarily their cause, but definitely their name. And then um your your big fucking thing about merry christmas war is canceled uh shit had me dying like actually feeling like a fish gasping for air dying mm. i don't remember that you don't like me that was such a good <laughs> like you said it you were like because the 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 ost like went back into its weird like christmasy sounding and you were like merry christmas war's canceled yeah i mean but that's like the it's it this is like Die Hard doesn't fucking hold a candle to this because like Die Hard as a christmas movie is like oh, this yeah you were shitting on Die Hard real hard well, last night I, I do love Die Hard. trust you were, me you were shitting hard on Die Hard. right which is just a painful bowel movement for everybody <laughs> um so it's just it's funny because people make the argument for Die Hard being that quintessential non-Christmas movie, Christmas movie, and because it it's takes like, place at Christmas time, right? But it's like okay, they're the what are the stakes of Die Hard? It's the the uh, the people that are stragglers from a Christmas party in one building, essentially in a city, versus and then people are like, ah, oh, it's a Christmas movie, it's fun, versus the stakes of. <laughs> endless Walt. We're talking about like multiple colonies, basically like millions thousands of people, tens of millions of people's lives, and then it still has the gall at the end of it to fucking pull back in with the fucking Christmas music and be like, 
Everything. Remember? Remember, it's fine. Everything's fine. And then, like, it winks at the camera, and it's like, or is it? <laughs> you'll have to find, you'll have to wait and tune in next time for the next seven Gundam series after this to see if it really ended well. You were absolutely right. The last thing I wrote down about this um, really struck me as being, like, woke as fuck. And it was Duo Max while talking to the child soldier formerly known as Troa Barton, um, formerly known as Nanashi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says something very similar along the lines of names are something someone else gives you. We have bigger things to worry about. And I'm just like, dude, that is woke as fuck because they're like, oh, what do we call you now? Like, what's my name? And Duo's like, don't fucking worry about it. Like, essentially telling the kid to like name yourself don't worry about what other people call you well yeah i feel as though the context of everything else in their lives at this point like that is some small fish shit like who gives a fuck right but like it just goes to show that even like after all this bloodshed and war and on the brink of a of yet another war which is the whole uh, premise of endless waltz that someone is so concerned like oh well what are you guys gonna call me now and like one of them's like don't fucking worry about it man like small peas mm-hmm. and i was just like holy shit like honestly duo because of how much he talks like seems a little unhinged himself yeah that's definitely and how a- readily he he calls himself the god of death it's like a coping mechanism right but then he's like so there for his like fellow like child soldier pilot guys yeah. that he's like hey man don't worry about that right now it's it's funny because we were talking about this earlier tonight the I, i'm pretty certain the gundam wing is very early in the canonical timeline of the gundam universe and it kind of sets i mean but it it came much later because as anyone who knows with um, Japanese anime Gundam is one of the originals like I think it started in the mid 70s or something like that with the first series so it really goes hard with setting up a universe of fucked up <laughs> characters and real messed up like morally gray kind of ethically ambiguous scenarios so it's just funny because I feel if you were to go and weigh uh, Gundam Wing in, in context of some of the other Gundam series, you'd be like, this is some like light work shit. Like this, this what's like, I don't even really think this stuff's really that important or, you know, uh, analogous to our real world. Like right. I, I feel like, cause I haven't watched a lot of other Gundam, but what I have seen does come off a little bit kind of like, eh, like this doesn't feel realistic to, an earth of the things that we see in, in on the planet and like, you know, conflicts that could easily arise. Right. Whereas endless walls is like, yeah, I could see this shit happening. Part seven spoilers. You've been warned. Yeah. All I can think of is when, um, gyro and Johnny are going to go finally like confront funny Valentine and D four C and love train. And Gyro's like, let's tell each other secrets. Yeah. And he's like, my real name is Julius Kaiser Zeppeli. (laughs) Like that. 
versus duo being like don't worry about what other people call you but like dude that's fucking deep if you take these like both contextually like gyro knew some shit was gonna go down yeah and he knew possibly that he wasn't gonna make it out when he like he was like let me let me tell you what like the one person in my life calls me yeah the only thing I'll say about part seven with spoiler stuff that we were also talking about earlier is boy howdy rereading that is going to be a doozy because the overarching importance of some of the throwaway panels and that and how it oh because of what I showed you at dinner yeah and how it pertains to maybe some other universes let's call it uh Jojo's um it's kind of important and it makes you think about some stuff with yeah. how Araki has. Kind I of told you I had like stuff. a whole thread of someone on Twitter that I asked them if I could, <clears throat> if I could talk about it on the podcast, and they gave me the go ahead. Yeah, with like credit to them. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, well, definitely. We have part seven is going to be its own fucking podcast at some point. I do want to reread it before we dissect it. So much stuff I missed on that. There's so much to unpack. Yeah, for sure. Which is again why. I refuse to start part eight and part of why I needed a break from rewatching part five. Like I just need to like unpack a lot. Yeah. But this is good. I'm enjoying this still. Yeah. Um, Bubblegum crisis was a, was a stumbling was a block. It was yeah. a miss. But I mean, I kind of figured that that was going to happen with some of these. Right. Yeah. And I know Akira is not an OAV necessarily in the traditional sense of things, but it was requested. So, um, yeah. We will do, definitely do that in the next couple of weeks. I think that that's let's make that our next one. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like Akira is kind of a, an interesting one because I feel as though the manga being in those huge volume compilations and not and the movie having come out before the manga even ended is this whole other thing. It was a Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones ever existed. So I feel like it has its own unique, like, you know, designators that would qualify it for it. So, but it's also like one of my old time favorite. Like it is the, I feel like Akira is the quintessential film that got me into, like into, into anime. Yeah. And I feel like I definitely missed out not diving for that sooner. Yeah, because we until, recently it, yeah it wasn't it. until we went in it wasn't until we went to Florida in like 2017 yeah um that they were showing like Akira at some like underground uh club that we went to yeah that was funny that was um, a cool thing that was the weird. end of the world party <clears throat> yeah that was really fun it was like three years early but yeah <laughs> they, they couldn't have known <laughs> right well they might have considering who had been elected president the year prior True, 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 so. true, true. Anyway, uh, anything else on Gundam Wing Endless Waltz that you wanted to? Um, no, it was just uh, really enjoyable. Um, it was a deeply unsettling film that really does a good job of wrapping up the what was it like fifty chapter, like fifty episode series, yeah, fifty some odd episodes. Yeah. Um. It's just I don't know. I I recommend it even if you haven't. I feel like even if you haven't seen the original Gundam Wing, you it's, don't it's really pretty good job of doing need it. Need to, but again, it will be very 
gray in the moral sense. I feel like it kind of made it more fun for me because I remember not a ton about Gundam Wing itself or who's where the allegiances of certain characters are. So I was like, huh, this is really just like fucking roll the dice when it comes to morality. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad because I was like, we're not going to want to finish Bubblegum Crisis. I want to get this shit uploaded this week before Christmas. We need something. Let's watch this 90 minute OAV. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Good times. Great oldies. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Chrysler. Merry Crisis. Merry Christmas. <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Connor, thanks for requesting Akira. Uh, it doesn't really fit with our theme, but we're going to do it anyway. Because we love you, man. But I think next week we're going to do an episode where we kind of wrap up like our top five of the year because we have actually been watching other anime other than JoJo. Can you imagine that? Us having watched other anime? It's um, crazy. We've only watched a little bit of some things here and there and a lot of bit of other things here and there, but I, it'll be good. It'll be good to kind of sit back yeah. and reflect on on series we finished this year that feels like we finished it three years ago. Some of it's some of it's newer. Some of it's ongoing. We can talk about some of the stuff that we've been watching that's more yeah. f- like fun. Absolutely, but we'll do like um our each top five. Yeah, and that'll be a that'll be a fun. Yeah, so episode. look look forward to it. And we'll get around to the himbos. <laughs> TBA. Yeah, TBA, but definitely within the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna be ready to to really seriously talk about JoJo again, and probably like in uh, February. Okay, well that sounds good to me. All right, thanks for tuning in, all three of you lovely people. <laughs> yep, love it. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye.